Bell Inferno throws down the challenge. They're stride for stride in the straight. Halfway up the running, Bell Inferno and Ceremonious. Bell Inferno just in front of Ceremonious. And Bell Inferno is just going to get there. Welcome to Vet Doctor Behind the Curtain. Look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. I'm joined in studio with Johnny Walter, fresh off the haircut. Looking good, mate. Haircut. Oh, yeah, sister in law. That went down a treat. Um, thanks, mate. Big week. Yeah, got, got one over on the early quarter yesterday. So the. Uh, First time victory on the, the the substitute. So there was a three dollar fifty, two three dollar fifty chances. One comes out about an hour before the race, so they've already copped it in the slider, and now they're all on John O'Shea's that comes into odds on. It gets scratched behind the gates, so now both five to two favourites are out. And I'm a, a moment of rare genius. I thought, well, these are all going now on the third favourite, which looks like an El Camel. So we'll just have a little sly take advantage and lob the early quality and all the poor substitute people got absolutely reamed yet again. Yeah, so double late scratching. Bit of a double whammy. What's your tip? So now I feel good. Six winners? That's nearly just card, didn't you? Well, the, the, the other legs in the, uh, the early quality were the, the the good races for us, so it sort of fell nicely. But, um, yeah, Warwick Farm. Warwick Farm. It's been good to us lately. Back in business. Beautiful stuff. I can't really catch a break. DK, how's things down in uh, Melbourne? Uh, yeah, oh, I don't know whether I'm Arthur or Martha at the moment. Scoot, just plenty, plenty on. If, uh, footy was back last night. New, new major sponsor, Nico, new major sponsor. Who do you reckon? In front, in front of the training tops for the kids. Uh, about that. Resi Max TV. Group. Resi Max Group for the juniors. Look out. Aussie stepped up to the plate, so look out. Major sponsor. But uh, no, footy's back. Oh, cricket played. Actually, I forgot to tell you the other week, I played my first game of cricket. For 30, since I captained the thirds at school 30 years ago, <laughs> took a wicket. They did tell me in the vets' cricket, shit gets wickets. So I got bloke, bloke hung the bat at one of mine outside off stump. So they're short again on the weekend. So I'll be buttering up there and uh, bought a horse yesterday, Nico. And oh, mate, kids sport five nights a week. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, Taylor Swift's on next week. The ticket, some ticket, first lot of tickets turned up last night, mate. So I'm, I'm under the pump. Everything, everything's going on. <laughs> If you need a major sponsor, surely Wheelo Racing is like oh, putting his hand up. He's been carrying for the last six months. <laughs> That's carrying. Oh, I forgot. I better stamp him. Mitch Beer's got his sign down <laughs> the footy club there, so uh, put put the Jay Wheelo sign on the other wing. <laughs> mm. Mate, I'll tell you what, if you're sitting out in the field for six hours on a Saturday playing cricket, you wouldn't have much uh, spare time for the rest of the week. Surprised uh, no, you it's short and sharp. to it's, that it's sort of 25 nonsense. overs, it's all right, and there's plenty of beers and whatnot, and the kids, mate, it's a bit of a dad's bit of a kitten giggle, but... Um, no, it's a bit of fun. The kids love watching that. Isaac ripped me up because he, I see him play all the time. He said, oh, Dad, I want to watch you play. So <laughs> there we go. Watch my middle, oh, yes, my middle-aged seamers outside off stump. Anyway, bit of fun. Might have to get Cheryl to get some uh, candid footage of DK. I'd love to see him uh, steaming in. <laughs> all right, we'll see what we can do. Nico Noonan. Mate, uh, you're back in business this Saturday. You're excited to uh, step into the autumn, so subs are back on for this Saturday, which is good. But uh, speaking of sporting endeavours, I don't know, must be something in the water. You're thinking about pull, pulling the boots on this season. Can't be true. Yeah, thinking about it, uh, I've, I've had a few offers, so we'll see how we go. But uh, we've got to get through the uh, the start of the autumn carnival first and a, a bit of a pre-season, which um, hasn't kicked off yet, which probably isn't ideal. But anyway, um, huge weekend of racing. We've got the CF4 obviously down there at Caulfield and then uh, Hobart is massive weekend down there with the uh, Hobart Cup on Sunday and a huge meeting on Friday as well. So we are... Uh, Head in the form guide for the uh, for the next few days, but I think there'll be a few winners, so it should be all worth it. Continuing the sporting theme, Gil McLaughlin's mooted as the next RV chair. Uh, he's got uh, good experience with government. He owns horses. Him and uh, James Jordan had a winner that uh, looked pretty impressive at uh, was it Murray Bridge uh, yesterday, which was good. 
and uh, I think he's got pretty good credentials. He's used to sweeping uh, drama under the carpet. There's none better than the AFL at uh, burying uh, scandals, so Gil might be the one that brings back DK Weir. DK. <laughs> well, his, best, his best one, the best attribute is that he is uh, very, very qualified at dealing uh, with groups with vested interests because he was dealing with 18 club presidents and whatever he had there, plus the women's, plus mm. everything else. Like, imagine handling, like, you know, racing would be a breeze with him. You would think with all the, all the club presidents all wanting their piece of the pie and bits and pieces. So he'd be used to that. So he'd be yes, well qualified for the job, in my opinion. Monday, does he scary that PVL's endorsing him? Yeah, a little bit of an asterisk there. Just a joke. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, well, the link just to James Jordan alone, I've never heard, you know, only good things about him. And he's obviously... Well, across the, the our side of things, so if he's he's got a direct line to James Jordan. Yeah, yeah he's good mates with Hamish. Imagine. James is good mates with Hamish. Well, I think that'd be a big plus. Uh, a couple of times I've met James over in Adelaide, he's definitely on the same page as uh, everyone on the sure show is. in terms of wagering and understands the situation. So if he can get the ear of uh, Gill, that'd be a big win for the industry. Yeah, he should be going looking for James, really, shouldn't he? But hopefully he does. Well, and, and James would be a pretty good person to... At least steer him wherever he needs to go. 100%. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be good in that role. I would have thought pretty level headed bloke. A um, couple of funny ones for the week. Bathurst, uh, there's a horse line of law gate slow to open. Runs four, so they declared it a starter. How's that possible in 2024? Obviously, really bad infrastructure in Bathurst, and punters just ab- absolutely shafted. The horse should have won by a fair margin. The jockey was in two minds what to do. He wasn't even aware of the rule here because he, I think, he's not been here too long. Um, so what what happens if he knows about the rule? Does he then pull it up? Yeah. And then does he get six Someone? months? Or does you know, what a weird rule. I don't understand the rule at all. Crazy. The other uh, other one that I thought was uh, quite interesting is Maiden of the Week, Camp Cove. 49 starts for Connie Gregg in two years, and it's racked up 89000 in prize money, and it breaks its maiden at start 62. I think it says a lot about the quality of... Two uh, to one favourite. Huh? Two to one favourite on the three-day backup. And backed. On the three-day backup. The big syndicates love the yeah, quick backup. 61 so. starts. So her 61st start, 100 and something. And after the race, interviewed her, and she was kind of half disappointed because she was basically, she literally, literally called the horse a walking ATM. Uh, so a 61 start maiden is a walking ATM for a trainer. Don't know, <laughs> don't know how many punters at home felt the same way unless they've been laying it its whole career. But he, yeah, um, interesting. I was going to say, Nico, how, how quickly... How quickly people forget Bryce Stanaway. <laughs> he had a stable full of these things. <laughs> stable full of them. Not just one like her. He had 20 of them. He'd send them around two and three times a week. That'd be none from 80, none from 60, one from 100. Like, you know, this is part of the caper. You know, there'd be three or four in every stage. Yeah, that's right. So, for all the, uh, in the sandwich, the sandwich gate and all that, he's, he's, been, he's dropped off the face of the earth. For old Bryce, he was. He was a bit of a bit of a, one of the characters of the sport. It's kind of the point, though. She sort of said, like, it's better to have a horse doing that and not winning races than it is to, you know, race once every six weeks trial and and not go to the races and, they, and make no money out of it. About a hundred thousand in prize money. That's right. That's, mm. You know, just from start for entry fees and start. What is it? Rebates and whatnot. Yeah, I nineteen um, placings it had. Yeah, I play golf with a bloke up here. Uh, he's moved from New South Wales to the Gold Coast, a uh, trainer, and he had a similar type horse and people just used to laugh at him and it used to just pick up 2000 bucks uh, a month. If they own them outright, yeah, it's huge. Yeah, that's what he did. It's huge. And he just kept running it around and it just like would fall into the top five all the time and just sort of had his mark. So, yeah, I don't think it's great for racing. It would uh, be interesting to see what benchmark they give it. 
61 starts uh, and win a race, they'll probably give it some stupid thing. It'll be forced to provincials or something. It'd be crazy. Anyway, good luck to Connie, Greg. But um, I'll tell you what, a good little bit of homework. Maybe Paul Ferrari off uh, Twitter could uh, dig this one out. Yeah, I'd love to see how uh, – what's the longest uh, maiden running around over in, uh, over in Japan? I think they're the benchmark in terms of uh, how they do things. And we try and find uh, what there the wouldn't big... have been a race in history in Japan where the total number of starts was sixty-one in a maiden. I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> good, good one to dig out if anyone's smart enough to uh, find the data. Uh, is Don is good today? Show we'll zip through uh, the content here. Had some big internet problems, so uh, let's just try and get through the show. Lady of Camelot was very impressive. A um, little bit of talk, maybe Blue Diamond on the cards for her, but we shall see. Uh, the syndicate's hunting Gatton and Wodonga today. We are down 25 units year to date. Lifetime, we're still up 111. I ran the, uh, I started to have a look at our figures this time last year. And historically, I think we've uh, turned over similar units and we are, I think, two units down on where we were this time last year and we still ended up uh, getting well over 100 units profit, which is staggering. And it feels like this year our bets are much sharper and some of the luck we've been having, we've had one that missed the start yesterday. We had one that I think choked down or had EPIH, nothing in the stewards report on Saturday, $7 into three ninety. So that some of the things that are happening, Nico, you had a, a car crash on Sunday. Like it's, you couldn't you couldn't make it up, could you? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a tricky run, but I think this these sort of off season periods can be a little bit tough sometimes. You get small fields, there's just not a lot of depth in a lot of races, and you know if you sort of make the wrong decision, you you can can be costly if you're betting in the short end of the market. So. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm probably glad that there's a bit of quality back in a few of the big races down here in Victoria and, um, yeah, hopefully a bit more depth in our fields, DK. Just no no field size at the moment, which um, can make things tough, you know, from a turnover point of view as well. You look at a race and you're like, where's, where's the angle here? There's just nothing going on. So there's definitely a lack of... Lack of quality and a lack of runners down here and, at the uh, and the combined with the scratching mentality of the trainers down here, who just enter it three times and pick one and, you know, you're going to have a perfect day, good for, beautiful thing, and it'll be 10 scratchings out of an 18-horse field or something like that. It's just, yeah, I just love scratching down here. That, that doesn't help things at all. No, I'll tell you what, you got your head in Victoria. They're, you, they're not the Lone Rangers down in Victoria. It's it's in Sydney. It's in uh, heavily in, in Brisbane. Less so, I'd say, in Adelaide. Well, we look around the place. Scratchings and things. Scratchings well, yeah, is yeah, just insane. Got a, a reasonable amount of meetings. Sydney yeah. is just insane. But I probably turn on like bet-wise, the silly stuff I send out, used to send out probably 20, 30 bets a week. Sometimes they'd be, you know, two or three horses in the one race, so not that many races. But I would be 15% of that now, um, which is probably the beauty of what you guys do with the syndicate stuff. At least you've got different sets of eyes over all these races. Like I can't. Uh, there's no way in the world I can find something has changed, whether it's market percentage, you know, increase of races and the, you know, dilution of quality, whatever has changed. It's a lot harder, certainly, to find bets. So it's good to have eyes over as many races as possible. So it's uh, be interesting to see how that uh, continues to happen. I even think like it's, it's just super hard at the moment, even to send two horses in a race, given the market percentages that are on the board. Like it's... It's, That's uh, it, and, and unless you're betting very late and something yeah. weird happens and it's hard to do that, send out, keep everyone happy. And it's, then it's a very late. difficult balancing act. Um, yeah, and, and then, you know, riders also. So there's a lot of changes. 
Mm, not good. Uh, Prost was very good last week. We got ran with uh, Saturday. You're finally happy. So uh, some of the really good horses are back. Uh, so we'll sink our teeth into a couple of those ones. Nico Herman Hess just uh, stuck his nose out. That was a yeah, uh, it was a it was a it was a great read and a big win. And as you said, uh, Hobart Cup this Sunday. So that looks good. Daytona Bay was too strong in the race that I previewed up at Eagle Farm. It was good to see good good James Orman back there, went to the front. Uh, I know a couple of people have been frustrated with the way he's been riding. He's been getting uh, maybe lost a little bit of confidence, but uh, good to see when he pushed one to the front. Right. Poor old Emperor camped up like it was going to put six on him and said, I want 1,000 metres, not 1,400, thanks. Yeah. Splatsky. We're going to have a quick look at uh, the two-year appraisals. There's uh, plenty of product on the shelf, so uh, we might be a Melbourne racing show this week. And the Top Sort Steamers, they uh, found that Daytona Bay bet. They've got three middle pinners this week, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Top Sport, uh, they're a major sponsor. Make sure you check those products out. Top Fluck and uh, Best of the Best on the, uh, the Group 1 races. So looking forward to those when they're up and going. And we'll probably have a stream on Launceston Cup Day, so we'll uh, we'll, we'll get that cracking on the 28th of February, so won't be able to get to uh, Launceston itself, but uh, we might do one out of the stream in Melbourne, which is uh, exciting. Caulfield uh, this Saturday, Nico, and race one is the first one that you're going to have a look at here, and the favourite is Flash Feeling in the uh, the Benchmark 100, over 2,000 metres, $3.10, Bermudez $3.40, Super Razi $4.80, Independent Road, $5. Don't Doubt Dory, 12 Maserati Bay, 16 Skelm, 19 Porky Army is $31. And Mahamadeus is $34. A couple of dual uh, nominations here with uh, a 2,000-meter race over in Adelaide. There's a listed event, so could be some scratchings and deductions here. So be careful if you're betting early and stay tuned for um, the race information there. But uh, Flash Feeling, last start at Mooney Valley, Nico. Tell us why you like it here in the Saddler Colors. Yeah, he's. Uh, I thought this was a really good run. He did over race in the early stages. It was a very slowly run race um, relative to this class and independent road. Just had it his own way out in front. Um, flash feeling looms up to him. He's had to do a fair bit of work just to get to this position and independent road just had too easy a time out in front. Um, probably we would have loved if he went past here, but I still think just with, in a different run race shape on Saturday, hopefully there's a little bit more pressure on independent road and um, even getting to Caulfield where Flash Feelings run some good races back onto a, a bigger track than Mooney Valley. I just think the horses fly in this campaign. He returned with a win. Um, then he went to Geelong, got caught off the track and still ran home okay, but um, definitely wasn't the place to be. Then last start, paraded great. Uh, best had sent him probably for the campaign and yeah, he ran really well. Craig Williams having his, I think, third ride on him now. So um, hopefully he can just get him to come back and relax a little bit better in those early stages. But I think drawing inside will definitely help him there. He saw a bit of clear air in the early stage of that run, and that's when he wanted to get moving. Um, I think just if he can find the box seat or you know two pairs back on the fence, he might be able to settle really well. So um, I thought Bermuda is a bit of a question mark at 2,000 metres. He's got to carry a big weight, independent road, goes up big in the weights of that last race that we just watched relative to flash feeling. So uh, I was pretty happy to bet up here. thought this is a bit of a D-day for flash feeling. Looks a really good race for him. Should get everything he's favouring. If I think he gets the gaps at the right times, he'll be winning. Any thoughts there, DK? Or Bermud is looking for two thousand metres? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm with, yeah, I don't know about that with Nick Owen. He's a bit of a. I think he's a bit of a pack animal. Bermud is, and uh, Independent Road. It t- just tortures me. Independent Road. I was with it with a big weight pull against Dunkel, and I was against it the other day and fucking won. So uh, now I'm happy to. I think any any uh, <laughs> find a way against those two, which Nico's done there. So, um, yep, yeah, maybe siding with him. 
without firm opinion, Nico's the man on the 2,000, 2,000 metre plus races in Melbourne. Beautiful. All right, let's uh, spear straight in Caulfield race two, and it's Chevalier de Four, foe, uh, $4.60. Divine Purpose, uh, $4.60. Oceanic Flash, $5.00. Galeus, uh, $5.50. Worthermeyer, $8.50. Pearl Rain, $10.00. Piercing Sky, 11 And you can get much better the rest. Chevalier de Four is the horse that uh, you like here, Nico. Yeah, it's just a bit of a grinding run here, but this is, again, another slow run race. Um, Tycoon Beck ends up the winner. She's pretty handy on her day when the right sort of setup comes. I think she got it here. This was uh, him last night at Sandown there in the uh, the grey horse, and notably he doesn't have the blinkers on, so he gets the blinkers back on on Saturday. That did really spark him up last campaign when they put the blinkers and visors on. That just seemed like he um, found a bit, and he probably is a real 2,400-metre horse. He didn't really show any dash there but i thought he stuck to the line well blinkers go on here he's on a relatively quick backup uh, about 10 days between the runs and just thought there was a, a few ticks for him especially from the map it doesn't seem a race with a stack of speed um i thought probably piercing sky will lead and he might just sit off him i thought galileus is an interesting runner i've heard they may want to go forward and really sort of make it a test. Um, if they do that, Shirley DeFore's got good fitness underneath him. He was a winner first up, and I think he's just returned really well this campaign. So he should get every possible from that spot in the run. Um, it's just whether he's good enough on the day, which I think off his ratings and um, looking through all that, he definitely is good enough to win a race of this nature. And uh, on the backup blinkers on tick, tick for mine. Divine Purpose, she just found a level, or is she just a bit disappointing, or is there two of her? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I thought the map was sticky here. Barrier 11, she's going to have to go back, I would have thought. Um, yeah, she's, she's run well in some races that on paper probably haven't had a lot of depth, probably a bit like Galileus. They came through the same race at Mooney Valley that probably had a bit of suspect form looking back on it now. Um, she definitely chanced, but I just thought with the the jockey book there and potentially going back, um, I think she's up against it. Zara off Carleen on is uh, a little bit spooky. Any thoughts, DK? I know, I was with, I thought, I was with Chevalier de Fur. I thought it might be able to beat uh, Tycoon Beck that other week. Just, I thought it might lead though, but then the J Mock kicked up and led on the other thing and it just set it up better for Tycoon Beck. I'm with you. I think it's in terrific order. One first up. If you go and look at the second up run, it and Divine Purpose are in the same race. Divine Purpose, now the, if you want to look at how I do things, I look at that race, and for me, Chevalier de Fou's Divine Purpose runs second. Chevalier de Fou runs 11th or something. Chevalier de Fou's the horse I want to be on going out of that race. It was back and white, had no hope in the world. Still there, it is getting through the line. Divine Purpose had every possible presented to win. Didn't. The winner was too good. But, um, you know, one of the other things, I'm going looking for that one. He's off the off, had no hope, and then the improver. So that's why I didn't mind it the other day and just didn't pan out. But um, like him up in trip. Um, I think it'll run well. Outstanding. Uh, just a little side note. Yeah, Carlene Heffel looks like she's um, fallen off the cliff a little bit. She's none from her last 50. Yeah, she's she's probably not getting the same rides that she was potentially in the you know the late um, what was it late winter sort of early spring where she was fighting out for that premiership with Salim. But yeah, she's probably not on the cattle. But uh, definitely think there she probably she definitely is struggling. So even 20% play strike rates down on her average of about 30. So um, she's been riding a fair bit in Tasmania actually recently and she hasn't really been getting great books. It's been quite interesting. She's got a, a few okay rides across the weekend there, but maybe she's looking to go down there and get her eye and probably hasn't worked so far. But um, yeah, just uh, maybe just in a bit of a funk as you can get with these apprentices. Really tough to transition, isn't it? Well. No, I've got, I've got a question, Nico. I've got a question. Go Number one, does he know if another Will's going to go to Sydney or Melbourne? 
Um, it's probably the main one because if it's not going to Sydney, I don't really care. But otherwise, I'll ask his opinion on the horse as well. Uh, well I haven't it. heard. I haven't heard anything. Yeah, he's a nice horse. Another will. Just thought he'd need. He needs a few things in his favour in that race on Saturday. I don't know if you looked at that race, DK. He's drawn out. Um, there is a bit of speed in the event. It's just where he sort of ends up with the map. If he landed one out, one back, or two pairs back, one off, it's game over. Mm. If, she, if she goes right back, he's probably got a bit of a task, especially the way the Caulfield track's been playing. Um, hard to beat, but I'm probably not going to part with my money around evens at the moment. It just seems a little short. Sydney race is similar, right? Draw, smaller field, but drawn eight and with absolutely no speed. Probably have to go forward there, and if it went back, it'd be in trouble. So it's interesting. <laughs> so it'd be a, a bit of a tough decision probably for just which way they're going to go. Hmm. One to keep tabs on. Uh, another quick reminder, Nico's mounting our mails back this Saturday, so check your email if you're on our database, or you can head to littlebirdie.live and subscribe there, or you can jump onto one of our Twitter accounts on BetDoctor or Little TV. Can't miss it. Make sure you sign up before Saturday. Oh, uh, he, might, around- he might go to Sydney. The, the race is worth bloody double. 80,000 exactly. at Caulfield and 160 at Sydney, so he might Exactly, and it's not strong. It's not a strong well, race. He's, no, he's, he's a proper horse, is. Don't worry about that. Another he's, world he's, of talent. Oh, yeah, he's going to win a good race down the track. Don't worry. And it, it's like it's coming up against a Wednesday field pretty much in Sydney for double the money. So, yeah, I'm tipping it's on a bus. Anyway, I'll change stable hands. <laughs> right right. <laughs> the next uh, race that we're going to have a look at, uh, there's too many colliding form lines, but we'll just talk about the prices and uh, have a quick squeeze. It's uh, it's not quite a quality like this one, but it's race six. It's the Blue Diamond Prelude for Colts and Geldings over eleven hundred meters. So uh, it's the uh, semi before the or the prelim before the uh, the big grand final in a few weeks' time. High Octane's a favourite here, uh, two eighty with for B Shin. Mark Zara's on Bodyguard. He was pre-booked for this one, and now he is two dollars eighty on Bodyguard here. Stay focused. Three dollars eighty in from four eighty. Homes a court fourteen dollars. Cardiologist fifteen. Wolfgang nineteen. Back from the Magic Mirror. And you got untapped at twenty one and better the rest. So uh, Mark Zara was uh, only got the ride from High Octane because he'd already had the ride for a bodyguard. So he hasn't really said too much about either of them in the in the press that I've heard. But um, horse that uh, you didn't mind and I didn't mind also was that stay focused. And I'm I'm interested to hear that uh, the Stokes camp or the owners, the Bennett Racing team. They're saying if the track's too hard or it presents like it has in the last few occasions at Caulfield, they might scratch and take him to the Talendert and wouldn't be uh, worried to back that horse up. So um, that concerns me a little bit and maybe barrier three. I'm not sure whether that'll suit him either, stay focused. So I'd be a big – I'd be wary betting into this market very early. But um, hmm, I think it'd be hard to beat the Talendert, stay focused. But uh, this race, I'm not sure – how I'd play high octane versus bodyguard either. Any thoughts, Nico? I think bodyguard's the best horse in the race. Uh, the form lines around him have stacked up through his Flemington win. Dublin Down was in that race. He won over Cup Week, beat Odin's son. So, you know, it's, it looks okay. Um, he showed a really good turn of foot between that four and the 200 meters and just accelerated away from, I think it was the third quickest of the meeting on punting form. But he's drawn nine here. He's been slow out in his trials. There's, I, don't think there's going to be full on intent to win this race and high octane just may have a better run in transit. So uh, coming out of the race, bodyguard might be the big flashing light, but high octane probably is the most likely winner. And where's he going to map from barrier one? He could be in the coffin, DK high octane. Could be, could be. I'm very wary of these favourites and these Snowdens particular. 
in the lead up to the grand final. I don't Walter down the over. Especially when they got money on the board. When they got when they're already in the race, most likely very over the years they've proved shown they back off (laughs) back off on their two year olds. Don't hammer them into the lead up, and then tune them up and just everyone's ready to go and get on race day. So um, I saw on that with that in mind, I'm a stay focused. He's didn't like what Scoot was saying then about the firm track, but uh, I don't mind him. As a, he, he looked, he looks an impressive type to me. And that uh, trunk that ran second there was similar run. It runs in the English race. I think it should be favoured in the English race in Sydney. So uh, it'll be interesting how that that form lines up. But even the way Stokes talks about stay focused, it sounds like he's only getting ready for one race as well. So all three of them could be Dad, having a marriage race. But yeah, but Shin could be in the right place by default. Um, so, yeah, far out. It's a pretty scary race. <laughs> little little hat tip to Liam O'Keefe and uh, Tim Baylor, front up on RSN, and, and we're talking about uh, the track patterns and the bias and how hard it has been to manage the tracks and prepare the tracks in the summer. It made a lot of sense what Liam was saying. The more you have to do with it, the more rain or whatever you have to put on it, um, the more likely it is to throw up bias. So common sense there, but they're well across irrigation. it. Yeah, huh? it's a, as soon as you put irrigation on a track, it's nearly impossible. And it's to. and it's a windy joint, yep. Melbourne. It's really really difficult. That's what like and and they're under pressure to prepare these five in the morning upgrade to four tracks. So you know, I think most of them would, unless the track's looking like it's burning off, they'd prefer not to put any water on it. But they want it to be green and lush and look pretty. It's got to so it's got to cop fifty mils for the week and all that business, you know. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And I think they do under even what they put on the websites that show us irrigation is, is well under what they probably get as well. So, which, so they're balancing everyone, but, we're, you know, it's tough. You wouldn't want their job. No. I think I had one bet at Caulfield last, last week. That's how bad it was. Well, the problem is after race one when it looks savage, everything goes out the window. Mm. You know, maps, uh, intent from other things, other people, you know, they go, well, we're not going to be there so we won't bust our horse. It just changes everything and makes it nearly impossible for anyone to predict. Mm. Very low turnover at the moment, Caulfield. Uh, Caulfield Race 7 is the next one, 1,100 metres uh, for the Phillies. Bold Bastille is the favourite here, $2.20. Hayasugi, $8.00. Uh, Kurinagi, Kuriangi, uh, $8, flattered $9, uh, Matisse $10, uh, to be or not to be $14, in her eyes 19 for a Bill Star 21 and 21 for Ultimatum. Uh, pretty impressive for the favourite here in the banner. Thoughts, Nico? Yeah, uh, we backed her on debut. She's a really professional type, um, just sort of looked like she was a, a real runner and I think probably not much is going to change watching her recent jump outs. Um, I think she'll be very suited to 1,100 metres. Don't know her about her at 12 if she can pace herself that well. Oh, I'd probably be declaring her if she had had two jump outs. She's only had the one jump out there and she has had a setback. So that's probably the worry with Bob Bastille. Um, have a good look at her in the yard, but they can be sometimes a little hard to tell the two-year-olds just how fit they are given how small a few of them are and she's probably not she's not the biggest horse so i don't think there's a whole lot of talent in behind her if she if she doesn't win this impressively you'd think this isn't the right form for potentially mm. the blue diamond and i think she's got a few favors here there's not a lot of speed she can probably cross quite easily and then a few of her key rivals like i thought ultimatum was in play off her jump out and trials thought she was going well she's drawn 16 or 15 matisse ran well on the in the preview thought she was probably one of the runs of the race great parade she's drawn 16 um and in her eyes jumped out really well and i think she's drawn out there with them as well so a few of her key rivals are probably completely out of play so um she should have a few things in her favor it's just how fit she is Horse i didn't mind nico was uh a weird one not really the stable to sort of produce two-year-olds was flattered from the patrick payne yard i thought she was good in the merson cooper and suggested she needed 
a bit further than the thousand meters that day. Yeah, she was only tiny when I saw her in the yard as well. So uh, I think Zaziz, the dam was a a two year old, um, early running two year old for the for the stable and the mm. connections. Yeah, one on debut at Bendigo, then won the Magic Millions race in Adelaide by the looks of it here. So. Um, probably not a shock given her breeding. I, I like the recent trials. She is a bit of a bad beginner, which didn't help her on debut, DK. Might, yeah, might help her there either. No, so Joe O'Neill, he does buy – Paddy doesn't buy any of his own, but uh, young horses, Joe O'Neill goes to the sales and buys a few. So if he's got a two-year-old, normally, it's normally one of Joe's. The hype around the uh, the Adelaide runner is, is very big, but it would need to uh, dramatically improve from the Gawler win. I would have thought at over 1,100, but – Unless they're really chasing the black type, it, it would make more sense if they ran in Adelaide this weekend because she won there, she'd be straight in in terms of prize mm. money. She probably still might be with 50000 on the board, but yeah. B Shin's interesting booking. They've obviously booked the right man. Their horses do tend to improve, the Clark and O'Shea horses. Um, but uh, yeah, the the figures probably aren't quite there, but it probably is hard to run time in a four-horse field at Gawler. Like, probably hasn't been given the greatest opportunity. Too many written tycoon two-year-olds going around at Gawler. <laughs> Good old Clarkin. Yeah. All right, fingers crossed we've uh, helped you uh, or we've either muddied the waters or it was an interesting point about uh, Bold Bastille that Nico makes, so a uh, bit of buy beware on that one. And um, maybe the market will tell the story with the, with the Colts some uh, intent or otherwise or and maybe a scratching with stay focused so uh, keep an eye on that one and then you've got a couple of uh, shorties later in the day look hard to beat Asfora and uh, Mr. Brightside so uh, make sure you get Nico's uh, mounting yard mail because uh, he'll be uh, on track and he'll be all over it punningform.com.au is how I do the form so uh, as I said I can tiptoe in any jurisdiction all over the place I can bet a Gat and Wodonga uh, Caulfield and Eagle Farm wherever I like so uh, I've got punningform.com.au they don't even like top 10% of how wide you go what do you mean like you go broom you go anywhere, anywhere. You'll no, go, no, I, uh, I can love it even uh, even up in Darwin love Darwin Cup time and obviously uh, down at Tassie as well Launceston and Hobart Nico absolutely loves it uh, Walt you have got uh, Randwick this week and Randwick. let's uh, let's spear into the uh, the highway first up Race number four, and it's a 1,200-meter class three. Belvedere Boys of Queenslander is here, $3.90. Uh, Rapid Dash, $6.50. Melody again, $7.50. Atmosphere Rock, $8.11. Sharp Shock. Uh, Invasive Dream, $16.18. Outback Ringer. Uh, Shine Your Light, $20. $21. Wiggles. Let's have a look at a couple of replays. And the first one is Belvedere Boys, back third last in the uh, in the black here. Yeah, so fourth last one fourth coming last. to the outside now. They went out about like nine below here, so an absolute walkathon 1,200 first up. And his first prep, he was a bit, not lethargic, but took a little bit of time to sort of get moving and then he'd uh, get through his gears and get to the line. First start sort of uh, didn't know what it was all about and improved through the prep. And this was, I just thought, a great first up win where he's overcome a really slow tempo and, and a lot sharper and you know, reacting to the, the jockey's urging strong through the line. You're not going to get big margins or open margins in a in a race that's run that slow, but just an ideal first up run, 1,200 off a slow tempo to come to a, a race like this big field, Ramwick. Hippo sort of uh, middling draw. I think it's drawn like 11. There's 24 runners, less five, six scratching. So uh, you'd expect a, a good tempo. And yeah, this horse just looks better than... Than highway grade. I don't know how you can call him a Queenslander. It's a goddamn highway. You've got to be a New South Welshman to run in it, haven't you? No, he's just running Queensland. He just, just, just ducked over the border to steal a few a bit of their money, which is 
pretty rare. We do steal a couple. Pretty rare. English. It isn't a bad highway. You've got uh, decent horses, like strong closers. Uh, Melody again, Rapidash. Uh, Rapidash has been a good horse to us and just thought 63 days off. He was a little bit vulnerable. Melody again's trialled up well, uh, but it was about a month ago. And um, I just think this horse has got a different level turn of foot. The other horse that I am Wiggles. interested in the race. What's that? Wiggles. Yeah, Mr. Wiggles. Um, here it is, in the pink. Good so, win, this. Yeah, pretty slow run race, and, and he missed the boat. He was in a really good spot and then just let the horse come around him, and it wasn't ideal to sort of head back towards the inside. So he he didn't have the momentum, and he's, this horse does need probably two to 400 metres to wind up and hit his top, and I don't know what's happened to him in this prep. He was an absolute camel his first prep, and and this time in, he's, he's running in a 900. He was, he was tragedy beat, then I think 1,100 tragedy beat, and as he's got up in trip, you can see he's done that pretty easy. So... Uh, a different level here going up to highway grade, but we're getting 25 to 1 and just don't know what level this horse is going to get to. His last sort of four runs have all been excellent and super strong through the line, pricks his ears. So he's a horse in the race. I don't want to beat me at uh, at that price. As I said, it's not the easiest highway ever, but um, Belvedere Boy just looks a little bit better than highway grade and, and Wiggles just looks a silly price in, uh, in, a, in a big field open race and he should be strong late. Hmm. I thought Rapidash was the forgive last start. He was, but he, even first up, like he did beat uh, Black Duke, who's come out and won, you know, uh, I think he's won, or he won at Wyong and then he won in town since. So that form's really solid. It's just he, he he's only $6 off a, off a setback sort of run in 63 days. And if he was double figures, I wouldn't be letting him beat me. I'd be happy sort of for the uh, the shorter ones to be the ones that beat me, but... I think he's well enough found at, at six bucks, and you kind of just got to cop it sweet, haven't you? If he if he beats you, I think. Hmm. But um, yeah, he's a he's a talented horse. Even Sharp Shock back in trips a, a positive for it. It's definitely a deepish race, but I'm just banking on it. Belvedere having a little bit more upside, and uh, if one beats us, hopefully it's Wiggles. Okay, uh, race six number race six is the next one. The Eskimo Prince over twelve hundred meters and uh, pretty hot field. This one, Cabalus, uh Walt tipped it uh, first up. New stable Bjorn, good win there. Four dollars sixty Moravia, four dollars sixty Encap, four eighty Griff, six dollars Macarena, six fifty Tom Kitten, seven dollars Celestial Legend, seven dollars and then Flying Trapeze. Got no replays here. Uh, Ooh, oh, well, we can play. Some, we can play probably six of them. Some, yeah, so I thought you thought you put some trolls. No. Uh, yeah, I thought Cabal should go to the last. To be fair, I thought it was extremely well placed in the last. I was a, a little bit surprised they went here. Didn't really need to throw it into this grade at this stage. And normally Bjorn loves sort of throwing those Derby horses, especially through the grade. So mm. I'm surprised they made the decision to go to this race. Well, I didn't think he was that. No, he it was a good win. I didn't think he was dominant. No, but then second, third, and fourth have all come out and won. Mm. So it's, uh, you know, Macarena, uh, not Macarena, sounds a similar name, Warina or something. Walenda. Warenda, he came out and won. And then uh, Soldier Rome. Soldier Rome was Thunderlips. good to But it was kind of mm. acting God win. And then who was the Thunderlips? Thunderlips. And it won and pissed it in the last. And it looked like it was going to die in that race. So it's hard to tell the strength. You know, first I thought Cabalas was a bit soft there. But yeah, it's got the fitness on these horses. The horses I'm most interested I think Moravi is a horse that will have a bit more intent than the rest. I think 1,200 metres is much more up his alley. Like he kicked off over 900 last prep. So I'd say that he's closer to the mark than a horse say like Griff, Tom Kitten, mm. even NCAP. All these horses are probably looking at, at getting stretching out to uh, Ramwick Guineas and beyond, whereas I think um, a horse like Moravi, even Celestial Legend, uh, will be more on the ball here. And even though we didn't see that um, – 
the the trial, Moravia trial to get Celestia Legend. It's hard to see. I th- I, I just get the feeling it's I'm going to be shattered if it beats me here for Celestia Legend, but I just feel like it's going to have a uh, you know a two three peak third fourth up preparation from Les. He's a bit too old school. He'll probably send it out the back here, and if it does anything, it does anything. Whereas I think on pace is where you want to be. Tom Kitten. Is not, I don't want to find NCAP. Um, I know it's a top sport taking a price there. I was, I was surprised there. I didn't think its trials were that sharp. Griff's going to be in a nice spot, but I think it probably needs 1,400 a mile. So banking on Moravia being the sharpest horse. And Macarena is the query runner. A dirty Hawks horse drawn wide. Timmy to ride it. If it was What's Jay, going to do? You just it? bang it straight to the front, and it's probably nearly wins. Hmm. Uh, being a Hawks horse first up, they might say drag it out the back and. Do your best. So it muddies the waters, whereas I think Moravia is definitely going to be be sent forward in the first two or three and and run your race. I think it has firmed up a bit, but it was like 650 I thought that was a good price. Mm. So it's a funny booking, Hawks, with Tim Clark. I, I thought she trialled super the first time, but then the second trial just so. And they sort of didn't want to put her on speed. And I've heard, yeah, she's a tricky horse. I think she's got not the greatest breathing from uh, what I heard last prep. Um, yeah, it's a couple of train wrecks, huge performances. It's just a hard horse to line up. But yeah, I'd probably end up like if I'm back in Moravia, I'm saving on it, and that's it in the race. And hmm. but it's a, it's a, it's a good race. It's a great race. Everyone will watch a thousand times after the race because it'll be a, a great form reference to you know ten different races in the next six weeks. I do love a couple of free bets, so I think I'd be um, that way too. I think I'd be Moravia, and I'd be very wary than number nine Macarena. And if it bounced to the front after 200 metres, you'd be putting your head through the desk. So. Mm. Yeah, yeah, scary. Any opinions or ideas down there? Yeah, I thought Moravia trialled sensational. So if he runs up to his trial, you'd think he'd be hard to beat. Mm. Well, we backed him in a Cornwall stud and obviously... I think Nick would have shown that trial, wouldn't you, Nico? You would think he <laughs> yeah. would have teed that trial. Probably the best trial of the recent month, I would have said. It was it was terrific work. So uh, he's missed one there. Oh, no worries. I just put the sheet Why don't you and... put it in later? Huh? Why don't you put it in later through the magic of television? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, uh, you guys. He, go, go and watch the trial if you're interested in backing him for sure. He was under absolutely, he had the feet on the dashboard. Sweet. You guys are allowed to say that in the 24 hours leading up to the show that you'd want this in. You're allowed to have some input. No, we like to make sure, we, we like to rely on you to be the one who puts things Dig, together. Digs it all out. He looks bigger and stronger too, Moravia. So, yeah, I think he's an interesting horse. Okay, no worries. I picked that race and all of a sudden it's uh, John's best for the program. So terrific no, uh, stuff there. Moravia, chips in job. Uh, racingwatch.com.au is uh, where you get more of John's stuff. So uh, you can jump in the chat room and get noise from everyone or Telegram if you uh, want noise-free action. The sheets are good. He prices up almost every runner uh, for the Wednesday Metro and Saturday meetings. Uh, some races he just puts in the bin, which is fair enough. And he's that sick. He does uh, races pretty much seven days a week. So not sure how he sleeps. He is a vampire. Nico, as you uh, mentioned, it's Hobart Cup on Sunday. And the first horse that we're going to have a look at is in uh, race number four. And it's called Loudmouth in the maroon and green. And what you didn't see from this replay is it worked really hard to get to the lead uh, in the probably, what, the first 400, 500 metres of the race? Yeah, it's probably... It's it's a race that's thrown up some form. The horse that's absolute widest on the track, he ran third the other day at Launceston and I think um, the way the track was playing on this day was probably advantage to be up there. So Loudmouth, he did a good job to sort of stick on um, two horses there. For the second horse is a pretty good benchmark in Tassie uh, Rahays. He pretty much runs second or third in all the maidens and then 
Um, yeah, as I said, a bit of form from back in the field. This was a horse who last campaign, he actually ran second to Rue de Palais, who were tipping last week, which was um, a bit of a tough watch. But uh, So the form lines around him have, have stacked up somewhat through his last campaign. He gets back up to 1,400 metres here, the blinkest day on. That was over 1,200, that race. So you think out to 1,400. Um, doesn't seem like the horse with the biggest turn of foot. So hopefully Perez can roll on a bit more genuine tempo. That was a very slowly run race. So I think horses that probably just had a bit more change up speed late were, that's why they were getting away from them. Um, but now out to 1400 and uh, probably has to do a little bit more work to hold the lead from barrier number five. Unlike last start where he came across quite easily. If it's a faster tempo um, out to 1400 looks, looks suited this horse. I think he'll be, he'll definitely be favorite. Um, anything sort of above 250 I'd be happy with if they get shorter than that um, it's probably too short but I think you probably will get it I'd probably expect something around three dollars um, just in a race that lacks a lot of depth and you'll lead so he should get every possible chance loudmouth I would have thought and a few of these horses can be set up for a race day like this they obviously get owners on track Hobart Cup Day local connections David Perez uh, I think he's profitable and over time um the the Hobart track he's been profitable for over nearly 400 or 500 rides so it's definitely a track where he rides his best at straight to the front and uh, hopefully wins will we send units for little birdie syndicate or we'll give everyone a chance to back a winner <laughs> well uh, I think we'll be sending them <laughs> that's for sure uh, it looks <laughs> right price uh, I think it's going to be hard to beat we'll just keep on trucking race nine is the Hobart cup and we're going to have a look at uh, one of the key lead ups here and it's the Lambra lad he's in the uh, the dark blue paddy paint colors just uh Grinding away out in front there. Yeah, he won the uh, one of the lead-ups here. This was over 2,200. Now he gets back out to 2,400 metres. This was quite a fast-run race, and he was just too good for his rivals. He wouldn't think any of these horses can turn the tables, like Swoop Dog, Ashy Boy, Asaranka, and even Travelling Gigolo. He might be the one, Travelling Gigolo, just running into fifth. He'll be much better suited out to 2,400. He doesn't probably have the platform for that event. But Alhambra Lad was just... Too good for him in the end. Um, he's absolutely flying this horse. I would have assumed he stayed in Tasmania after his last run, and that seemed to work well with a horse like Winsor Song, who's been absolutely flying down there. She runs in the Oaks against very surreal. Uh, looks a bit of a two-horse race there, but Alhambra Lad should get every possible chance here. He probably just slots in behind the speed, um, and I would have thought similar sort of race shape he's going to be the, the one to beat again i was surprised there was such a market discrepancy between him and the top weight of Royal symphony who did win the launceston cup last year then went on to run second in the adelaide cup he had lost his form completely after that but he did win last start at flemington in a very fast run race he beat herman hess who crossed the line with alhambra light at caulfield um two starts ago so you can tie that form in uh, he does have to carry the big weight of 59 and a half kilos. I'd be surprised if one of them didn't win. Uh, and I think you can probably get back both. I think our hand is about 250 and Aurora Symphony 650. Aurora Symphony probably should be a bit shorter um, just with that different form line. So yeah, our hand has got all the Tassie horses covered and Aurora Symphony, I thought, only danger. So you could probably have a good crack at the lad and probably save on Aurora Symphony. And I, I think that's about the race, really. Do we, Nico, did we back Travelling Gigolo in the Hobart Cup last year? Yeah, yeah, he ran in the cup last year and was uh, he was pretty unlucky Massive run. actually. Yeah, he's he's a bit of a <laughs> he just doesn't know anything. This traveling jiggle, he's got heaps of ability. Flew home from the back against military mission, split him and Spirit Ridge. So yeah, that, that form's quite good. Um, yeah, he he'd only had it sort of three runs and he ran second last or last in all of them until last start and he went sixteen hundred up to twenty two. Uh, so he'll be suited. He might be the best blowout chance if you're looking for that way. 
Um, but yeah, the, it looks Alhambra slide Alhambra's Alhambra lads race to lose, and then uh, Aurora Symphony probably the big danger. Yeah, and Grand Piero's a little Tatum special still burnt in my brain, but. Um, yeah, I remember that vividly, Travelling Gigolo. That was an absolutely sensational run. If you, you want to dig back through the tapes at Taz Racing, you can go um, check that out and, and have a look at that one. I can remember the chat room, uh, our chat room just going off at how sick we were. We just <laughs> had 40s or 30s last year. Yeah, I think it's 30s yeah. and should have nearly won. So um, there's a big meeting on Friday as well. they got the Mystic Journey Stakes and also the uh, Tasmanian Guineas, I think it is. So Bold Soul goes around again. Uh, he's around a dollar sixty. He'll be hard to beat. And in, in the Mystic Journey, I thought Yellow Sam's definitely the horse to beat. But this there's a real roughie in that race. I thought Justin Needs is a huge price at eighty one dollars. Um, you only got to go back three runs ago. She ran third to JG's Gemstone, who were tipping the other day and was definitely unlucky in one of the sprint races. Has a lot of intertwined form. And Jaguar Stone, Jaguar Stone seven dollars fifty, coming off running second to Alvarino, looks strong form. And Justin Eads is 81. So I think that's that's a big price. Blinkers on first time for a horse that's nearly unbeaten at Hobart. So have something on her for sure. <clears throat> is that Guineas the lead up to the derby? Or whatever? Yeah, what? yeah. When's the derby in a couple of weeks? Uh, that, I might even be the derby actually. One second. Check that. But uh, oh, I thought I didn't think about it. I thought, yeah, it's I thought, the derby. It's the derby tomorrow. Oh, it is the derby, yeah. It is the derby. Oh, I thought, I thought I sort of found the derby winner on Saturday at Caulfield, but he's so week too early. So some of those having a prep run for it there in the second race the other day, Nico. The other Andrew Payne horse thought it might have been going oh, down crossover there. Crossover kid. Crossover kid. It's but been. They set. thought about it, but I think they they um, elected to go to Caulfield and then quick back up probably wouldn't suit that horse. But no, but there was it looked like because it was so strong at two thousand, seemed very funny dropping it back to eighteen hundred around Caulfield the other day. That, that might be a clean up run for the Tassie Derby, but obviously not. But uh, he's a nice horse, yeah. that horse. Trust in P. Mm. Payne again, I reckon, this weekend. No, uh, he's bold soul. Because um, I'd be happy to hit him and have the measure of bold soul, put it that way. Crossover kid. Yeah. Yeah, well. With the way he was taking ground off it at Flemington. Yeah. Sick, sick result here. <laughs> Crossover kid that day. But, oh, we move on. We tried it. Yellow Sam looks a great bit tomorrow night with the uh, Holy Lolly and that, uh, that, that run at uh, Geelong was super with 61 kilos. John? No, I was just like Mystic Journey, uh, interesting name. And then I was just saying exported to Japan. They're too smart. Japanese? Exported to Japan. They stole her. Yep, too smart. Take all the grouse mares. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Hey? Why wouldn't you? No, they're showing us the way. There was a memorable day for Horse Miller. Remember, that was his favourite favorite, favorite horse swap. Horse Miller, your mate. I couldn't believe that it's been two years since she ran. I was like, uh, 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 30th of October 21, so not quite. Oh, yeah, over two years. Wow. That's crazy. Might have to send out the horse signal. Is, uh, where is he still going around? Brad Miller. I think he's, he's playing uh, cricket with DK. Is the he? Weekends. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Tell him. I said, tell, yeah. tell him. He's the, the stumps. Yeah. <laughs> he's the. St- yeah. He's the stumps. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Right. Can't upset anyone on Twitter. They'll, I'll get a little trolling army Jeez. after. Oh, oh Walt! Well, isn't it? Isn't Walt the flavour of the moment and the trolls on Twitter? Hasn't he got an army of them after him? <laughs> Got them all muted. Takes me everything yeah. not to tune in. I tell you, I just look at it and it's, it's a it's hilarious. It's <laughs> hilarious. You just you just mute them and they don't realise that they're just talking to themselves. I got one. They were the best one. That actually, they get to you. They know how to get you. It's like saying, "Oh, what do I do? I, I I swindle everyone for every dollar I can or something." I'm like, "Oh my god, like Jesus Christ!" Yeah, that twenty two bucks a week that I try and grind everyone off to work fucking eighty hours a week. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's it's really it's, it's, it's a big swindle. 
<laughs> oh, I think six out of seven at Warwick Farms. Not bad going yesterday. Oh, we battle on. If it's not hey? bad, you, you can unsubscribe after a week. <laughs> According to them, they're all your subs reading the wallpaper off the wall. You did oh, six no, out of seven. It's the same. Narrative. <laughs> exactly, narrative. That's a tough caper. I, I just wish the same blokes had put more energy into like, having a crack at everyone that's just smashing us for market percentage or and, actually like and taking that all up and using all the money for prize money like put your energy there like everyone's just throwing out free information or um yeah. info out there and there's just this like talk amongst yourself i oh, probably get God. 30 40 dms a week people asking questions like it's great I, you know you pick up things that you um you miss yourself just by people asking a, an interesting question so it's like twitter's great for 99 percent of the thing it's just the one you just wonder where they're coming from out of those six winners yesterday, how many did you tip before the race? Well, it depends if you, it depends if you pay the 22 a week or you want me to throw it on Twitter and hand it to you, I guess. But, you know, oh, you know. Christ. And you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to say congratulations to someone for a good ride. You know, apparently that means you backed it. But um, that's another one I can never understand. Oh, well done to Molly Burke for riding three winners. That means you had the treble apparently. But anyway, whatever. It's they are what they are. they got a fair bit of time up their hands. Wish I had that amount of time. Taz Racing Form Plus Pro, if you've got plenty of time, you can do your own form and you can do it for free at tazbaracing.com.au and you can access additional replays, head on Stewards Vision and you can build your own black book and uh, receive alerts via SMS or email. So if uh, if you're out there and you're twiddling your thumbs on Twitter for too long and you want to do 60 or 80 hours and get tortured by the form and the punt and lose your mind, um, you can do it down at uh, Taz Racing and uh, you'll join the dots down there. But um, we are going to do a, uh, a Launceston Cup uh, live stream, which will be a cracker. There's some great um, supporting cards there. So it's uh, I think it's Rose Hill, Flemington, um, Eagle Farm or Doomben, and then maybe Morfordville or Murray Bridge on the 28th. So uh, I think we'll be doing well uh, there, and just listening to Nico, he knows the the yeah the Tasmanian form scarily well. So hopefully uh, we can get a couple of uh, nice rides there, and all the form will just feed through from this Hobart Cup meeting, no doubt. So fingers crossed. Uh, and if you're planning on going to the race meeting, it is an absolute uh, belter, hundred bucks on the plane over from uh, Melbourne if you've got the time to go have a look. Support Tassie Racing. We battle on Donnie's best last week was uh, Lady of Camelot. That was an easy watch, and it was hammered two twenty into dollar uh, fifty. The big boys played this week. He's got Canterbury Friday race three number two. We don't have a video for him. We've obviously had those uh, internet problems early in the uh, earlier today, and he's obviously had the same drama. So Canterbury race three number two, La Vampires. That's it's got trolls. that's the cabalist form, lines. yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's a funny horse, but it's definitely a race horse. Like once it mm. gets out there, it's it's one of typical gay. I honestly haven't got to the race because there's forty seven bazillion races between now and then. But uh, yeah, I can I can think of worse horses to hang my hat on than than it. No, you just tip it after the race. Durban on Saturday, uh, race six, number eight, Demo Days. Uh, this is a golem lightly raced uh, horse, and I haven't got to do race six surprisingly. Uh, either so it's about around the four dollar mark so obviously there he's uh two bets donny seeing them uh reasonably well at the moment and uh, good contest that ballet d'esprit is in against the vampire which is that thing that led all the way that kenzo went like an absolute rocket so mm. it'll be a good test um for the vampire to sit outside it potentially and beat it but Interesting. We shall see. And Damo Days hasn't got the easiest race either. That's why I haven't gone into depth that one. Uh, top spot steam uh, last week, Daytona Bay was a beauty. This week, they're going uh, Ramwick race six, number three, NCAP 500 at $5. And I think, um, I think, I think Gary, 
Yeah, I thought Gary Patelli sort of he, he thinks he's thereabouts, and he just hopes but he'll that... be thinking he'll win everything. So I don't think he'll have it right wound up, you know. Like, and it's two trials. They they gave it a fair dig in the trial, and it sort of was a fast run trial, and it went okay, but. Doesn't look sharp. I think a sharp horse will win this race. So I think you'll get a better price. And if it beats you, it's it's um it's on the way to better things. This prep off its trials. Fourteen hundred might be its go. Race eight, number two, Omni Man, four hundred dollars at six. So Frilled's very short in that race. It's like two fifty, and it's always scary taking on unbeaten horses. But it's and it's sort of tough. But it's far. It's a weird horse. But I think Frilled drawn inside on Saturday. If it gets any pressure, um, I'll probably be trying to get it beat personally so i think it's a good race to go looking around it but i think omni man's the one that i'm hoping sort of brings it unstuck i don't know if it'll it'll help omni man you know having thrilled in the race so I, i'd be probably trying to find a closer but um yeah i think it's the right race to bet in i'm just not sure if omni man's the right horse mm. i thought they'd get to, i thought they'd bet closer to four dollars thrilled i think they will because especially if the fence is not you know, red hot or something like that. It's probably going to get some pressure. There's four or five drawn out wide there at the moment without scratchings that look like they want to head forward. And and there's some decent closes in this race, and it's definitely not 900 around the valley, or is it? So thousand, uh, yeah. What do you think of this horse? Uh, you boy, you boy, seen this horse at Mooney Valley? Or can you remember it? Yeah, I, I bet up. Uh, thought it looked outstanding in the yard, and he didn't do anything. So I'm, I'm a, I'm a bit. Oh, maybe I just got him on the wrong day on me, man. But Frilled, Frilled looks like a really nice horse. Just, just if how big a jump that is for her first up is probably the question mark. But she raced her way through the grade. She did have a few things in her favour winning down in Melbourne the last few runs. But um, she's got heaps of upside, I would have thought. Omni-Man's got feed issues too, I think, as a rule. Uh, so, like, fresh is best. I think once it got down to Melbourne, it was a bit half-cooked. So, I think you got the, the raw mm. end of the stick. Was that the first race on Cox Plate, though, wasn't it? Was it? Or another day? Uh, Was it at Caulfield? Had a couple of runs down there. Did it? Mm. Maybe mm. Fiend Day, I reckon. Fiend Day. Mm. Be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, Caulfield race 10, number eight is Australia. Australia. Ooh. $400 at uh, $5. Probably a jump out spy. I uh, did jump out really well down there at Cranbourne. Um, Philly with good talent. So, yeah, I thought her and Blanc de Blanc looks a good race for those two. So. Um, Deep race. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She tried really well up in Sydney as well. So I thought it was between them. Yeah, it's a good horse, Estrella. Who rides it? B Shin. Johnny Allen. Oh, like, B Shin. Even better. If B Shin's on it, I was going to say that is like the the best rider booking possible for that horse. If he can get her to settle a pair or two closer and hold the cow, she's a nice horse. Beautiful. DK landed a blow last week. Bell Inferno four dollar forty SP. That Johnny right, Allen, the the potato no, man. Ch- Huh? Got yeah. one right. That's good. Let, yeah, Two in a go row. Against, oh, go yeah. against the bleeding obvious. Yeah, everyone was a tip to you, the bleeding obvious favourite. Placing, placing. So I told you my MO before. Go and find the one that off the excuse run. It's run seventh when it should have run third or something. And then you get the good get the good odds next up. But oh, Johnny Allen, that's the key. Finding him when they can go forward. He put it in the one one at the peach run and was able to clear the favourite. So um, got that right. Uh, we're skinny this week. They've went looking at Mooney Valley again, thinking, oh, I'll have a 1200 or 15. I mean, went, no. Dirty, rotten, thousand-metre maiden they've got on tomorrow night, so no Mooney Valley. Colac, there's no prices up, so can't go there, so we go up to go tonight. Um, I'll back the thing as short and sweet, and i race one, French flirt. For, I, now, I never thought I'd be saying this, Nicker. <laughs> never thought I'd say this <laughs> let, phrase let me ever. That's what you're about to say. You know, the most informed camp in the state, oh, Robbie Lang. Lang. <laughs> How about that? Oh, he's got El Soliado, he's been good. He's got the hay-fat cat. 
And he had a thought form and he scratched on Tuesday. Would have won on Tuesday, but he scratched it. He's got a two-year-old that goes good in the weekend or something. But uh, he goes, this is this should have won. Well, not should have won, but it got held up from the all the way up the Packenham Strait, which is hard to believe last Thursday night. And I had something on it there. I was taken on the favourites, backed it. And uh, that was a horror watch. So he's had a barrier trial last week. Goes around this week. Um, I know beautiful view. Beautiful view. Let me down at Kilmore last week. Jay Mock gave it every possible the other day. It overachieved. Lilica Alibet or something. It was horrible the other day. Mizuzuki, they're in single figures. It was horrible the other day. Like, see Williams just, you know, for the informed camp. Um, I know it's sure, I know it's no spoil at two, five to four or something, but um, you'd hope it'd get the job done. The race one tonight, French flirt. Hmm. All right, early listeners will be all over that, and the email will be out in time. So, bang, um, look early, bet early, and collect early, hopefully. Outstanding, Robbie Lang. Who would have thought uh, he's back from the abyss and, as DK says, absolutely airborne with a couple of those promising horses just hitting the line like absolutely jets. Uh, Super Bowl on uh, on Monday, Walt. I was quite shocked. San Francisco, 175, 210, Kansas City Chiefs. I got no idea, but I would have mug in me that says that Kansas City opens favourite, and I was shocked to see the 49ers favourite. Exactly, and that form can't be the right form. I'm not a huge NFL genius, but just watching them the last six weeks, it's not. It's like any other sport, isn't it? You watch Mahomes and the way he steers them around and big, big uh, grand final, and you've got the, the rookie quarterback uh, who, who did some special things to get him out of jail. Uh, last time out, but you think Mahomes is just going to do all the right things at the right times, and and young Purdy's going uh, to have to deal with the Taylor Swift army, you know, and uh, <laughs> and all those things. So it's, I don't know. It's, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's it's crazy. Like it's uh, it's crazy. But I, I think they should be like dollar fifty favorites off what I've seen. But again, I'm no, I'm no genius, and I was amazed they are not favorite. That great, yeah. Just the the, the fact that San Francisco are favorite is. Been there, Danger. done that. Well, they were a dollar one. No, they were like hundred to one last start after ten minutes against an inferior side. You would think to the Chiefs. So mm. interesting one. Crazy. Oh, good luck if uh, you're celebrating and you're betting that one on uh, Monday. It'll be a big weekend for uh, punters out there with uh, big races and then uh, Super Bowl Monday if everyone's uh, chucking a sickie there. So what a uh, a smorgasbord of betting, and especially with that Hobart Cup on Sunday, it uh, does not stop. All right, thanks, boys. Got through the show. No uh, internet problems. And uh, we'll uh, see you next week. Good luck on the punt.